0: the Monado's power
1: greetings gamers I'm Bed Ross and I'm shoot kapal and you are listening to very good music a VGM podcast
2: here's my <laughs> sword song
1: So, um, if there's one thing that I've learned in all of my extensive podcasting experience, it's that you don't lead with your best track. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: I'm not really sure. It's a good track. It's very classic, but I feel like a lot of us have heard it so many times, and if you hear something too much, it gets
1: kind of exhausted. Yeah, I guess so. And I I do have some pretty good stuff on here. I mean, I think you could say that of a lot of really famous video game tunes, like the Zelda theme, the Mario Overworld theme, the Tetris theme. But, I don't know, there's something... Frog's theme, there is just something... By the way, what was the uh, what's the info on the play-in track? Oh yes,
2: that was Frog's <laughs> theme from Chrono Trigger, a game that was released in 1995 by Square for the SNES and composed by the legendary Yasunori Matsuda.
1: There's something about Frog's theme that just every time I come back and listen to it, It just pumps me up like it's it's so chivalrous and epic and amazing and medieval and ah so what does this have to do with our topic for today today's topic is
2: characters with swords or games where the main character uses a sword
1: cool so sword songs yeah I guess that the intro track doesn't really need much explanation. I mean, Frog is one of two sword characters in the game that you can control. He's amazing. Yes, (laughs) Frog is probably my favorite character in the game. Yeah, and Frog's theme, far and away. I don't know about far and away. Um, I really like Robo's theme and Aila's theme too, but I do think probably one of my favorites. I do think Frog's theme edges them out. It's just it's really my style of just epic song. Nice pick to start out with. So let me see, what's my first pick? Oh, that's right. This is your episode. Since last week, or two weeks ago, I got to do the horoscope episode, you actually get to do our whole playlist for today. It felt really weird getting ready for this podcast because I didn't really have to get ready. (laughs) I just had to grab my laptop and the microphone and plug everything in and... I intentionally did not give you like a list of famous swordsmen in games, or a list of games where swords are prominently featured, because I wanted to hear what you would come up with on your own without my meddling, and without, because I feel like a lot of times I, I do have a lot of knowledge and background that you don't have, because I'm more than twice your age, but sometimes I, I like introducing you to games that you haven't heard from before. And I feel like this podcast is a natural way of doing that. But this time, like I said, I intentionally wanted to hear what your experience is or what you find when you go looking on your own without my interference. So, yeah. Good luck, son. You're going to carry the night. (laughs) I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) How many songs do you have ready for us? No,
2: I have 14. I just There's a specific series that I didn't include. And I'm going to put it in. Here, while we're listening to
1: Swordplay Showdown from Wii Sports Resort. Okay, well, fifteen tracks is gonna be fine too. Uh, does that fourteen include the playout? Oh, well. Or yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna replace something. Wait a minute. So play in twelve songs and then play out. Yeah, I ah, just add it in. It's gonna be fine. Do what you want to do. If there's something that you want to take out, take it out. But if you don't want to cut anything, just add it in. We'll have fifteen. There there is one that I wasn't really sure about. Okay, that works. I've kind of messed it up. Say again, what are we going to be listening to?
2: We're going to be listening to Swordplay Showdown from Wii Sports Resort. This plays when you are going through the sort of swordplay missions. Okay, so in Wii Sports Resort, there are 12 different sports. I think it was 12, right? Yes. All right.
1: Um, We're not going to name them all like we did in Fantasy Life. I can't
2: remember (laughs) them all right now. All right. (laughs) Um, And one of them was swordplay. There are, I think,
1: two modes... There's the... I think there are three. One of them is the dual mode, and yeah. then there's like a fruit cutting mode or something. Oh, yeah, that. I like Ninja, that. except on Wii. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the showdown mode. Which, yes. Which Sword push really showdown cool. is where you
2: travel throughout Woohoo Island, defeating a ton of me's that want to assassinate you for some reason. Or maybe <laughs> you're the assassin. I don't know. Okay. And what time of day does this play in? Uh, this is the daytime theme. That was Swordplay Showdown from Wii Sports Resort, released in 2009, composed by Rio Nagamatsu. It was on the Wii and
1: published by Nintendo. Man, this actually brings back some memories. Believe it or not, <laughs> I spent some time, some time on the the Showdown mode. I really, I spent most of my time in the Air Sports area where you can yes. like fly around as that plane. That's yeah, that, that was the best one. Definitely what I sunk most of my time into. Um, yeah, that was it, it. Was really slow at first, and I was like, oh did I make a mistake letting my kid pick all of the tracks for this episode? But no, I didn't. (laughs) It picked up... And, I mean, I've heard the stuff that you brought so far, so I shouldn't have doubted you at all. <laughs> I'm actually really excited to hear what's what's coming, uh, get a little bit more unfiltered picture of your musical tastes, let our audience do the same thing. We've gotten some really good feedback about the, the interplay between the two of us and talking about um, things from from different generations and kind of where we clash, but also where we come together. And um, I'm excited that everybody's going to get to hear a little bit more of your like individual taste in VGM tonight. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- About that, uh, I almost
2: didn't put this track into my list because it started out uh, started out slow, and I'm not really the slow type. Uh, Whenever I listen to VGM and even compose VGM, I always have everything. I always want to have
1: everything like moving and active, and just kind of I don't know. Yeah, we talked about that some. Actually, uh, this last Saturday was the Supermarcada Bros uh, Moco get together. That we um, some of the composers get together and like showcase some of the stuff we've written. And I talked a little about that because I showed off your uh, anti chronon bass, which we played on one of our. Um, under one of our blooper reels at one point blooper um, reel. I think it was in episode four uh but you can also find it on my soundcloud and on chukapowsflat.io which you can find links to on our youtube page anyway we played that and I talked a little bit about how you a lot of your compositions are kind of busy and we listened to one song that had a little more silence in it and I use it as an example of like how that can be good but I interrupted you and stepped on your point so what were you saying I said that I was interested in hearing a little bit more of your like unfiltered taste. You said, yeah, about that. There was actually a track I almost didn't include. No, that that was the track I almost didn't include. Oh, this one? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were still talking about the one that you had forgotten about that you were going to add in while we were listening to that one. No. But, but that's a different track. <laughs> well, I'm eager to hear what you have played. I only know a couple of things because you you mentioned two series that you have two songs from and one series you only have one song from. I'm still really interested to hear what you've picked from them. I think I did overhear one of them, but I'll be interested to hear if I'm right. But to get back, Wii Sports Resort is not a game I often think of when I think of sports, or sorry, swords. <laughs> so how did you how did you come around to this one? Why did you settle on this game? The Super Smash Bros. series
2: and video games in general are very well known for their use of sword characters. <laughs> so I just went to the list of Smash Bros.
1: fighters and I'm like, okay, uh, uh, what can I find here? Oh yeah, that, you told me that was like the impetus of this You you realized, oh, there's a lot of sword characters in Smash People are kind of salty about that I wonder how many sword characters there are Hey! Maybe I should do an episode on this So yeah, so, I find me Sword Fighter And yeah, there you go Well, cool See, this, this is really cool Because this is how I find good music a lot of times I see something I wasn't really expecting to see in my research And then I go and I listen to it And I'm like, hey, this is great I'm going to include it that's like what hall of last week was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I've babbled on enough. Uh, I guess that's what I'm bringing to the episode this week is my <laughs> usual, you know, diarrhea of words. But no. <laughs> so what have you got for us next? Hmm. See, now you have to decide the order all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How about we put
2: more salt in? This is Divine Decree Reprise. From Fire Emblem Warriors. Ooh. The original was in Awakening, which was released in 2012 for the Nintendo 3DS by Nintendo and composed by Ray Kondo. Mm. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors was released in 2017 for the
1: Switch, also by Nintendo. Wasn't it also on the Wii U? Fire Emblem Warriors, I don't think so. I think that was Hyrule Warriors was on the Wii U and on the 3DS. yeah. But Fire Emblem Warriors was only on the Switch. What a hack and slash game's there.
2: Yep. Anyway, Salt. That
1: was Divine Decree from Fire Emblem Warriors. All right. Well, that was really good. And um, you mentioned Salt when we were uh, heading into that track. But actually, these two games seem to be fairly popular. Um, Awakening is sitting in a 92 on Metacritic, which above 90 is pretty incredible because that takes, like, all the reviews from everyone and lumps them together, and that's the average review is a 92. Hmm. So if there were too many Salty Boys out there just giving it a low score because it was a Fire Emblem game, then, you know, it wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, Well, um, it's actually because of Smash Bros, and uh, Awakening has three characters. That is true. It (laughs) It is overrepresented. I will confess that as much of an Awakening fan as I am. Fire Emblem Warriors is, uh, first of all, correction on my part, it did actually have a port for the 3DS, uh, came out on the Switch and the 3DS 2017. The Switch score, if my information is right, is at a 74 on Metacritic, the 3DS score is at a 69 on Metacritic, so not quite as strong of a showing, but a 74 is still a pretty great score. And um, I was impressed with how well Fire Emblem Warriors did compared to Hyrule Warriors, because As much more famous as it's gotten since Awakening came out, it's still not anywhere near the level of Zelda, Mario, Kirby, that kind of stuff. Definitely not at the level where it should have as many reps as Mario and Pokemon. (laughs) 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 And I know, before you guys fact-check me, I know that it's not, like, exactly the same amount, but anywho. Too many Fire Emblem people, I will confess. We don't need four Marths. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Ray Kondo, or Ray Kondo, however uh, we choose to pronounce him, has come up a lot on this show. Do you remember what his first game was that he composed for? It's a game that's on your list to play. Don't look it up. That's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) It's a game that's on your list to play that we own for the Wii.
0: Hmm.
1: Okami. Oh. Kami. (laughs) Kami. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Okami. He also has composed a couple of games for the Mario Party series. Uh, he's the main Bayonetta composer, and I always get him confused with Ryu Nagamatsu, who composed our last track. <laughs> uh, but Nagamatsu actually has done more on like the Mario and Zelda series. He did Mario Kart Wii, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, he actually did some of Mario Galaxy 2. And speaking of Galaxy 2, the Green Star missions take forever. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one you're on currently. Yes, and I'm going to play Okami afterward. Okay, so as soon as you get done with all those uh, Luigi stars, <laughs> you can move on to uh, the Japanese wolf goddess thing.
2: Yay, That's... and uh, after I after I actually get to world S, I might actually have enough star bits to unlock Grandmaster Galaxy.
1: Wow. And die thousands and <laughs> thousands of times. Grandmaster Galaxy is... That... Ugh. It's hard, but it's so fun. It, it really, it, it's really comparable to the uh, the darker side in Mario Odyssey yeah. because it's just like this gauntlet of all the hardest things that you've had to do. Um, I remember our friends, who, whose house we go to a lot, that their boys are the same age as you and Dusklights. They actually were having a lot of trouble with Grandmaster Galaxy, and one mm-hmm. of my proudest moments as a gamer is that they were like, "Hey, do you want to try this?" And I was like, "Sure." And I did it like five times, and then I... I am not the best gamer ever, but I'm, I'm a pretty dang good platformer, I will say that. <laughs> but we probably don't have a lot of platforming games on tonight's list, do we? Well, I mean... I guess I'll have to see, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we have next? Next up, we have the battle theme from Final Fantasy IV. Final Fantasy IV. Composed by the legendary, even more than Mitsuda, Nobuo Uematsu.
1: was of playing Fire Emblem. Yes, I was. I just got a friend request from Muddle Madness. Ooh. One of our listeners and one of my friends from the podcast fan community. All right, so, uh, what did I miss? Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy IV. And also see. my computer crashing. Yeah, that wasn't fun. We're having some technical difficulties, folks. If some frustration leaks into my son's voice, you know, <laughs> it's not just the stress of being the lead on this podcast episode. It's normal. <laughs> I play Super Mario Galaxy 2. And he's a teenager. <laughs> so, yeah, why did you pick Final Fantasy IV battle theme of all of the Final Fantasy battle themes there are out there? Well, one time, I think it was when
2: we were listening to every Final Fantasy battle theme on piano, I'm pretty sure you said that you really liked the Final Fantasy IV battle theme. Mm-hmm. So I decided to check it out, and
1: I really like it. It's really catchy, and, I mean, I had to play a Final Fantasy track, yeah, you can't really leave Final Fantasy out. I do think there are swords in at least one of the Final Fantasy games. <laughs> so, yeah, Cool. Well, thank you for bringing that for, for my benefit. I do like the Final Fantasy IV theme. Do you know what Final Fantasy IV was called when it came out here? No, but I do know that it was released in 1991 by Square for the SNES. That, I believe, was actually for the Super Famicom. It was the first uh, Super Famicom Final Fantasy game. When it came out here, it was called Final Fantasy II.
2: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> because two
1: and three for the Famicom did not actually ever make it to the NES in North America. So when we got it, they just assumed it would be too confusing for Americans if they jumped from one to four. So they just called it Final Fantasy II. But and now it's even more confusing. And confusion ensued. Thanks, Japan. Because <laughs> then we didn't get five. And so Final Fantasy VI was called Final Fantasy III here, <laughs> yeah. but then they did decide to just go ahead and jump to seven when they <laughs> brought it out for the PlayStation. And then all the North American fans were like, what, what about the other ones? <laughs> but now we have them all, and the world is a better place. Gotta catch them all, Pokemon. Oh, so do you have a Pokemon track for us?
2: Okay, maybe that's what I'm playing next.
1: <laughs> all right, what is it? Just a second. It's gotta be from Pokemon Sword and Shield, right? Actually, surprisingly, no. Oh! So, what what sword Pokemon are there, beside a Dog with Sword in its Mouth, from <laughs> Pokemon Sword? I actually didn't think
2: about that one. This is the Route 6 theme, from Pokemon X and Y.
1: What does this have to do with... Well, we'll do it when we come back. Route 6 from X and Y.
2: This game was released... Well, these games were
1: released <laughs> in 2013,
2: and by Game Freak for the 3DS and composed by Junichi Masuda and were these the last games that Masuda composed? Let's find out and we'll tell you when we
1: come back. <laughs> Alright, so Junichi Masuda. Actually, Pokemon X and Y was not the last game he composed for. It looks like in 2016, he was the composer for Pokemon Go. Uh He also was one of the composers for Pokemon Sun and Moon that same year, and then the next year, in 2017, for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And that is the last game that he has composer credit for, at least on Wikipedia. He has acted as general producer for several games. Uh, He's one of the producers on Sword and Shield... He was general producer on uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and also on some non-Pokémon games, including Little Town Hero, which came out last year. Um, wasn't and that the game that Toby Fox composed? Yes, Toby Fox composed uh, at least some, if not all, of Little Town Hero. And he also composed one of the tracks in Sword and Shield. Yeah, Masuda's worked with Toby Fox a couple times. <laughs> yes, he has. And I have to mention this, because I did not know this, uh, another... Um, I guess Pokemon is Game Freak, right? Yeah. I guess another Game Freak game that I had never heard of before that we might have to look into. In 2015, he was general producer on a game called Timbo the (laughs) 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 Bad-Elephant.
2: Why is that the title of a video game?
1: (laughs) I don't know. All right. So, yeah. Now, I have to get back to it. What in the world does this theme have to
2: do with a sword all right as far as i can tell route six is the only place in pokemon x and pokemon y where you can catch the sword pokemon honage
1: honage that's the sword pokemon i was trying to think of because it's literally like just a floating sword right yeah do you know the story of like honage like what its pokedex entry is Yes, I have it right here actually. In Pokemon X and Y,
2: these two combined Pokemon entries say, "Apparently, this Pokemon is born when a departed spirit inhabits a sword. It attaches itself to people and drinks their life force," which is sort of
1: re uh reprie- No, uh <laughs> That's That's, that's trying dark. to the word. Man, there's a lot of scary Pokemon uh, entries. <laughs> uh
2: apprehended? I don't know. Just I don't know. But the Y entry says, If anyone dares to grab its hilt, it wraps a blue cloth around that person's arm and drains that person's life energy completely. So it's kind of, like, contradicting the X thing, because that one says it attaches itself to people, but in Y, it says they have to grab its hilt. I don't know. Ah, okay. Interesting. And then the Pokedex entries are the same in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. In Pokemon Sword, the entry says that its soul once belonged to a person who was killed a long time ago by the sword that makes up its body, and in oh. Shield, it actually reveals that the blue eye on the sword's handguard is the true body
1: of Hanage. With its old cloth, it drains people's lives away. Wow. Wow. I could have lived the rest of my life without hearing that. <laughs> There's some dark stuff in Pokemon, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I know this isn't your favorite generation that goes to black and white, but uh, what do you have to say about X and Y? Well, X and Y is probably actually my second
2: favorite generation. Uh, it goes Gen 5, then Gen 6, mm-hmm. then I guess either Gen 3 Fire Red and Leaf Green, not Ruby and Sapphire. I actually don't really like those games very much. Hmm. Or um, Gen 8.
1: Like I said, I've only ever really played. Um, platinum and black Two up until shield so i know next to nothing about x and y is that where latios and latias come in or were they in earlier Uh, no they were actually in gen 3 oh okay well gotcha okay you
2: were you were close i guess there were uh gen 3 remake (laughs) yeah around that same time so instead of
1: pokemon z did you ever beat uh we have x right yeah i beat that okay cool so it's your second favorite why is it so high on the list what is it about pokemon x that sticks out to you
2: Well, it was the first ever game to have, like, an actual 3D element. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Gen 4 and Gen 5 just, uh, they were mostly, like, pixelated. I guess sort of like an upgrade on the SNES. But they still had that, like, pixelated sort of, Mm -hmm. I guess, Chrono Trigger-esque. More like 2D, top-down type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then Pokemon X and Y, uh, they just had, like, full 3D. You can move uh, move in eight directions for the first time. And uh, they didn't really change much else, but it,
1: it was still pretty great. This is the generation where they added in the Z-moves, right? Mega, mega, evolutions, mega Evolutions, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember seeing a, um, like a cartoon short where Red took uh, his Charizard into a cave to fight Mewtwo, and Charizard went Mega for the first time hmm. that I had seen. And that was really cool uh, a few years ago, I guess around the time this came out. So why is it not as high as Black and White? Well, because nostalgia I guess. Well I guess since black and white was the first one really that you got into. Yeah that... and it was also the first one that used reusable TMs. That carries a lot of weight. I uh, seem to remember a lot of chatter around N. Do you think that he's the best like antagonist main antagonist the game has had mm. so far? Yeah that I can think of. He was a pretty cool character. We'll have to, I'm sure we'll do a black and white like soundtrack spotlight at some point since it's one of your favorite games ever. Yeah. So we might actually have a little bit coming up here in the next months, but more on that later. That was a really good tune though. I liked it a lot. hmm Route 6. That might actually, nah, it still doesn't rival Sky Bridge. That's the <laughs> best Pokemon theme for me. <laughs> this theme also plays on routes 4, 5, and 7. Okay. So, just like kind of like the middle area of the game. Kind of like we didn't really talk about it much, but that uh, Fire Emblem track that we played played in just like certain chapter entries as battle music. Yeah. It still feels weird not to come and say, okay, well, my next track is. Well, I mentioned uh, last time that there probably wouldn't be many platformers on your playlist. Do you have a platformer for us? Actually, surprisingly, yes. How are you? Uh. (laughs) Okay. Call it uh, Father's Intuition. Well, sort of platformer.
2: uh, It's Zelda 2, isn't it? Well, no, actually. It's sort of platformer, sort of. Well, this iteration is actually from a fighting game by the same creator. I think you know where I'm going with this. This is the Underworld theme from Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Ah. Brawl itself (laughs) was released in, I think, 2008, right? Yeah. 2008. Yeah, 2008. Um, this theme was composed by Motoi Sakuraba, as far as I could find, for the Wii. And this is from so Kid Icarus is... Uprising, uh-huh. which was actually released in 2012 for 3DS
1: uh, by, yeah. n- yep. by Nintendo. Okay. Yep. And is this based on Hip Tanaka's original theme from Kid Icarus? Uh, the Underworld? Yes, actually. Okay, cool. has always struck me how little that sounds like an underworld theme <laughs> it's so bright and happy and cheerful but Well, uh sakuraba's found us again yes he has uh, this time by way of hip tanaka <laughs> yep or maybe it's the other way around i don't know anywho man i was so pumped like this might be this or breath of the wild but i think honestly i might have been more i'm gonna stop interrupting myself <laughs> um this was the last time that i was like super super like four months long excited and hyped about a game like as soon as it came i pulled out the mailbox and i was like yes and i went and i played it for like six hours it was ah, it was so good and even though it was a fighting game i just played it all by myself and even though i already knew everything in the game because the smash dojo spoiled me um it was it was so so good lots of fun and now it's disappointing (laughs) Brawl is never disappointing. That was back when Smash didn't have quite as many sword characters in it. Let me see. There was Link, Marth, Roy, Ike, Meta Knight, Pit. Uh, Ganondorf didn't really have a sword. I think it was in one of his taunts, but that's... Yeah! Like... <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to remember now with Ultimate who was in what Smash, but you look like you're doing something on your computer. You're looking it up. Um, actually, I'm looking up something else. Okay. Let's see... Ooh, does this have to do with your next track? No,
2: actually, this is the list of sword characters in Smash Flash 2. Uh-huh. There's Link, uh, Meta Knight, let's see, there's Marth, Pit, Isaac
1: Lord. from Golden Sun. Uh, yes, uh, uh, I Golden... guess Sora would count. Isaac from Golden Sun. Yeah, I mean, it's a key blade, so technically it's a key, but they don't call it a sword blade, so I guess you could also call it a key sword. Wood makes up for it with two swords. Yep.
2: And Ichigo from Bleach. Uh wait um no I thought one of the new characters might have one but no
1: closest thing is Simon can't remember oh yeah Mies weren't in Brawl because yeah that was until Smash Four because of the whole Reggie and uh, Iwata fight thing at E3 okay oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> um so what do you have coming next oh I've got this box of one dozen starving <laughs> crazed weasels oh, okay I'll take that. <laughs> But seriously, folks, (laughs) that's not even going in the blooper reel. I'm leaving that in the main episode. That was great. But seriously, what do you have? (laughs) All right. I've got the battle theme
2: from Xenoblade Chronicles 2.
1: blade composition is so confusing. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Aw. Well, instead, you can say, who are all the composers
2: on this soundtrack? All right, there's Yasunori Mitsuda, again, Monami Kyoda, and Ace Plus. And this particular track was composed by
1: Kenji Hiramatsu, who is the plus in Ace Plus. I was going to say that. Yeah, Kenji Hiramatsu. Um, When he joined Ace, it became Ace Plus, and it looks like he was the arranger. Anybody out there is free to gently fact-check us. We did have to translate um, a page on the fandom site, but it looks like that was the track that Shukapau played. Regardless of who composed it, though, that is a banger of a track. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is. Xenoblade music Regardless of how, you know, crazy the composition stories are, it's so good. This one actually shows how far Yasunori Matsuda has come. It looks like he was probably the sound director on this one. Uh, he's the one who kind of answered questions about it. So he said there were 120 separate pieces, the soundtrack is six discs, and it was actually published by his company, Slaybells, Bells, and it was produced by his studio uh, Procyon, I think is how this is pronounced, P-R-O-C-Y-O-N. All of that is Mitsuda stuff. I am kind of sad that missing from the soundtrack is a wonderful composer from the first Xenoblade, Yoko Shimomura. Do you have any Shimomura for us tonight by any chance? I did. Is that the one you cut? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts? No, actually. Oh, are you saving it for another episode? Mm, Maybe. Well, then maybe we'll find out what it was. Do you feel like playing the song that you subbed in that bumped that song? Hmm.
2: All right. Because I am
1: curious. This is from a series that,
2: as you've said before, we have to mention on every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I give you full force from Tales of Symphonia, composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Full Force from Tales of Symphonia, released in 2003 by Namco for the GameCube and PS4.
1: Full Force. It, you know, it's it's um, a lot of people like Full Force. I am pretty sure it's one of your favorite tracks from the game. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It reminds me a lot of Golden Sun. To me, there are other themes in the game that stick out a little bit more. This strikes me as a little bit of a generic RPG battle theme. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just, I don't know, doesn't stand out to me quite as much as some of the other stuff. Motoi Sakuraba has a very distinctive style. Um, did I already say it reminds me of Golden Sun? I think I yes. did. Okay. <laughs> yes, you did. There is actually a little melodic element that is in a lot of video game music. The Super Mercado Bros, uh, Carl and Will Brugeman actually talked about it in episode 201 of their podcast in January 2016. They called they called it the Five Finger Fanfare. And it's used in in a lot of stuff. Um, yep. <laughs> by Yoko Shimomura. Um, it's also, I think, that Nobuo Matsu was on that episode a couple of times at least. Uh, Yasunori Matsuda was on there. Uh, yeah, a lot of the greats have actually composed with uh, the Five Finger Fanfare, and we have actually talked about putting something together without using any of the same songs that the Marcados did on their episode, just almost like a like an homage to that uh, that discovery. So. Glad you played this, so that I could talk about that and kinda of tease <laughs> that as an upcoming episode at some point. But yeah, like you said, we have to have Tales of Symphonia on every episode, it seems. So <laughs> or at least something from the Tales series. Doria <laughs> That's not Tales. I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. It's because the Five Finger fanfare reminds you of the Dorian mode episode. Yes. And that reminds you of Ganondorf's sword. The Doria mode. <laughs> so I've said my piece about Full Force. Why did you pick this track? I know you know Tails really well, so why did this one stand out to you?
2: Well, this plays in like the first half of the game, whenever you get into battles, in Silveront, which is basically the world where you start out. Okay. And I've heard this theme so many times,
1: throughout <laughs> like, solving all the puzzles and just walking around. Yep, that'll definitely do it. That's <laughs> I know that the, the Chrono Trigger battle theme... Definitely comes back to me a lot. It's kind of the same way for yeah. me. So, cool. Well, um, so how are you doing in Tales? I haven't checked in with you for a while. You're on disc two now, right? Yep. So, any idea how much longer you have before you beat it? Or... Nope.
2: <laughs> what Probably, area? uh,
1: like I don't know, twenty more hours. <laughs> just twenty. It's a long game.
2: What, yes, what it area is. are you in though? Well, I'm somewhere in Tethayala. Uh, I just got out of like the Ymir Forest where the elves live. Okay, cool. What level are you now? Or, I guess, Lloyd. Hmm, I forgot. I've actually been um, using Sheena a bit, the sort of ninja
1: assassin girl. Oh, cool. She's kind of fun to play as. Yeah, ninja assassins are usually pretty fun to play. Well, you were mentioning to me recently that we've talked a lot about Nobuo Uematsu on this show, Mm -hmm. but we haven't really talked a lot, even though we've played a couple of his themes about... If there's anybody who could rival Uematsu as the grandmaster of video game music, it is this man. And I'm wondering if you have any songs composed by him on this playlist. Of course, I am talking about Koji Kondo, father of the Mario music, the Zelda music, and just a, a great composer whose shadow falls over almost all of BGM. And if there were a Mount Rushmore of video game music, it would probably be Nobu Uematsu, Koji Kondo, Suiji and the fourth one always rotates in my head, but I almost—I <laughs> almost always land on either Yuzo Koshiro or Yoko Shimomura. So that's a; those are my top five right there. But yeah, to get back to my question, do you have any Koji Kondo for us on this playlist? I actually surprisingly do. I'm glad because otherwise that would have been a really big
2: build up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us? I have the regular Hyrule Field theme from The Legend of Zelda
1: Ocarina of Time 3... My son is... This is bad audio, but he's trying to remember what D is in sign language. 3D. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The original Ocarina of Time was released in
2: 1998 for the Nintendo 64 by Nintendo. The remake was released for the 3DS in 2011, Uh, Both of these were composed by Koji Kondo because they're the same track.
1: field. This is so classic. Yeah. Uh, and you heard the uh, homages to the original Zelda theme in this, yes? Yeah. Do-do, Stop before you say something you might
2: regret.
1: Ugh, like what?
0: <laughs> no, that's not how it goes.
1: <laughs> it's been too long. I need to listen to that again. Maybe for a bonus, we could cover that sometime. That would be fun. So, yeah. Ocarina of Time. I was 16 when this came out, and man, I spent so much time in this game. You actually got a little bit into it in the uh, 3D version, right? Yep. But you got kind of stomped at the beginning part, trying to get to Death Mountain. Yeah. Have you ever gone back since then? Um, not really. I might actually, I don't know, soon. Well, you've definitely got a lot of games on your plate right now. Yeah. So you haven't heard firsthand as much of the music as I have, so Hyrule Field makes some sense. Do you know what my favorite song from this game is? Hmm. Gerudo Valley. Ah, I also yes, really, really like Song of Storms a lot, but... Yeah, it's great. This whole thing is just... It's a its a Koji Kondo masterpiece. I don't think it is his best soundtrack. That probably, for me, would go with the follow-up to this game, Majora's Mask. Ah. That was the last soundtrack, I believe, that he like fully solo composed. And it's got some really, really, really great stuff in it. We'll definitely be hearing from Majora's Mask and a lot more from Koji Kondo. Oh, you no, know, I have three of themes. You have three Zelda themes. Um, wow, you keep remembering themes that you have. Was, <laughs> like like uh, you forgot that they're from the series. Four Fire from. Emblem themes, and then there's three Zelda themes. Four Fire Emblem themes? Yeah. We've only played one? Um, Man. Yeah, let's go ahead and knock another one out then. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fire Emblem, Listener, Lightning Round. Wait, no. Uh, wait, wait. Were you including the Listener, Lightning Round in this count? No. No. You just you have three Zelda themes and four Fire Emblem themes. Well, I guess most of the sword characters in Smash are either from Fire Emblem or they're Link. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. I have as many
2: Zelda themes as there are Links in Smash. (laughs)
1: That's depressing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But you know what? I like all three of them as fighters, and I'll bet I'll like all three of your songs, too. But let's play another Fire Emblem theme. What have you got for us?
2: All right. I have some more five-finger fanfare. This is Clash from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, released in 2005 by Nintendo for the GameCube and composed by Naoko Mitome.
1: we continue to experience technical difficulties. Uh, Shukapao is once again rebooting his computer, <laughs> but time. while he gets everything pulled back up, um, we actually found that Path of Radiance has five composers. Uh, Yoshito Hirano, Saki Harayama, Naoko Mitsome, who Shukapao already mentioned, Atsushi Yoshida, and Kanako Terame. We do not know who specifically composed this song, but we do know that it is fantastic. <laughs> I love this game. There is five-finger fanfare all over that thing. Man, it's that's really good. There were some parts of it that actually sound a lot like Hyrule Field <laughs> that I don't think I ever would have noticed that if we hadn't played them back-to-back. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to both of them, and I think you'll hear it. Um, it's not all throughout. It was mostly in the first part of the track. It reminded me of uh, part of the Hyrule Field theme. I really enjoyed these games. Um... Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn both actually. I ordered them from GameFly, which is a monthly subscription service for video games if anybody listening doesn't know. And at the time, I had the option to buy them outright while I was renting them, and they were maybe in like the 20s or 30 dollars range. Now, they typically go for upwards of like 70, 80, 90. I've seen I've seen Path of Radiance down for like $100. And I really, really want these games, but I'm not going to spend that much on them, I'm sorry. If anybody out there has any, like, deals for Path of Radiance or Radiant Dawn, let me know. I would really like to get these games. They're tough as nails, especially Radiant Dawn. But I really, 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 really like them a lot. And I really wish that Nintendo would come out with a Radiant Pack for Fire Emblem and just kind of re-release both of these games for the Switch with remasters because Fire Emblem is big right now. I think it would make sense and they could do it and then more people could play these awesome games. (sighs) I've said my piece. You talk for a while. Um, Fire Emblem. Yeah. Yay. You're more of a recent Fire Emblem guy. You really like Awakening and you really like Fates. Yes. Yeah. And I have started Three Houses, as you already referenced in this episode. And uh, you mentioned, I think, while we were listening to one of the tracks, that you're going to start it tomorrow.
2: Yay!
0: I am excited.
1: We'll be playing through a Fire Emblem game for the first time together. Yay! I chose the Blue Lions for anybody who is following this saga of our father-son trip through Fire Emblem. Shukapau has settled on the Golden Deer. And then one of us will come back and play through the Black Eagles and see what happens after that. Then I'm going to Nuzlocke Pokemon Shield... I think something is going on with these green-haired people. There's a lot of green-haired people, but there are no green-haired people in your in like the regular houses, as far as I can see. When you said green-haired people, I thought about Silen from Pokemon Black and White. <laughs> His was picture a- was on our Rivals No Victory Themes episode hmm. on YouTube. I played it for the uh, the Pokemon Black and White Victory Theme, and he was also a pretty key character in the anime. Yeah, I remember. I like Silent in the show. Yeah. The cartoon. He's cool. <laughs> you didn't correct me. He cooks stuff. <laughs> he does cook stuff. I like him a lot. He's chill. No, that's chilly. Oh, that's his... Whatever. That, that's the red-haired one. What's the blue-haired one? Cress. Cress. Which is actually the name of the protagonist of Tales of Fantasia. Let's not go there again. <laughs> yeah. In this one, it's because watercress is a yep. food, and they're all like chef brothers. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Anyway. Fire Emblem... Pokemon, Tales, all great series with great music. Yay. What, you, what series are you going to be representing with your music next? Fire Emblem again. Eh, we might as well pack them in. you got two more to get to, so. All right, let's hear it. All right, this is, well,
2: it's actually more of a medley. This is the Fire Emblem theme from Super Smash Bros. Melee, Ooh. which was released in 2001 for the GameCube and
1: developed by HAL. My um, first exposure to Fire Emblem characters and Fire Emblem music, and I was immediately hooked. I think Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light
2: was composed by Tanaka? Yes. Okay.
1: Did do that right. I got the orange Tanaka.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. What, what, t- 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 Shadow t- Dragon and the Blade of Light. Yes. It was originally released in Japan in 1990 and composed by Hip Tanaka. Um, uh, and then I'm pretty sure the melee arrangement was done by Yuka Sujioko. Okay, cool. And then I forgot to look up what Shadow Dragon was
1: on. It was on the Famicom. Okay. And then it was released. By it's been, yeah, re-released a couple of times, yeah. actually, yeah. But enough of that. Let's get into the music. All right.
0: Da 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 da
1: da 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 oh man yeah one of my favorite video game songs ever all I have left is Zelda and Fire Emblem really yes how many songs do you have left I'm keeping track of your tracks haha <laughs> you only have three left okay well yeah. you know what then maybe it's time for the listener lightning round PK flash PK thunder.
0: She got you.
1: All right, so uh, we heard from a few of our friends. I know specifically that we heard from um, two fellow podcasters: uh, Dan Lawton of the Village Persons Podcast and Volt Supreme of, uh, sorry, Volts. I'm gonna butcher this, but you guys should totally look it up. Volt Supreme's Synth VGM Dream Machine Podcast. If you Google those words, you will find Volts's podcast, and it is it is a podcast like no other. <laughs> he started around the same time as we did, and his podcast is not as long as ours. He focuses mostly on synthy VGM, and he has some of the most colorful guest co-hosts on that you will ever here. We also heard from my buddy Utopia Nemo, a fellow VGM podcast fan, who actually recently guested on um, Ed's 50th anniversary episode of... not anniversary, he hasn't been doing it for 50 years, but 50th episode of the vgm Embassy. But that's enough of me stepping all over the toes of your, uh, your lightning round. So what are you going to play for us first? First, from Volt Supreme. Here's my suggestion
2: for episode 7. It's more of a boss battle theme, But the name and game for the description. It's such an epic song. This is Blinded by Light from Final Fantasy XIII.
1: That was really cool. I think we might do this lightning around a little bit different. We didn't have quite as many picks, so we can talk a little bit about each track when you come back. So who composed that one? Um, that was composed by Masashi Hamazu, Hamazu. Yeah. <laughs> that one that we're still having a little bit of trouble with. <laughs> but... <laughs> Volt sent along a link with some interesting info, didn't he? Um, yeah. This is the
2: main battle theme and was the first piece written for the game. And Hamawuzu wanted to create something with a catchy melody without being too straightforward. Okay. And unusual for a battle theme, it features
1: violins as the main instrument accompanied by strong percussion. Cool.
2: Ooh, percussion.
1: Right. Is this, like, associated with any particular character, or is it just, like, a standard battle theme, or... Yes. uh, The theme was a leitmotif for the main character, Lightning. Okay. Cool, yeah, and for those who don't know, uh, leitmotif is when a composer has a specific melody for a certain character, like in Star Wars for Luke Skywalker, the do 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 do, do. and that comes back in several times throughout the score. That's what leitmotif is. It was made popular, really popular, by uh, folks like Wagner back when uh, opera was starting to become a thing. Cool, what's next? All right, next up we have from Dan Watton. It's a sword bonanza
2: from Sekiro. You have a sword. He has a sword. You clash those swords in an epic showdown. Here's my (laughs) sword song.
1: was Sword Saint from Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, brought to you by Dan Lawton. And who is the composer on this one, sir? Yuka Kitamura. Yeah, okay. I probably butchered that, didn't I? <laughs> uh, Yuka Kitamura. No, that's, that's probably how I would say it. Kitamura has composed in several of the games in the Souls series, which I had actually forgotten that this game was a part of. Uh, he composed on Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3, did sound design on Bloodborne. What do you know about the Souls <laughs> games, if anything? Um, not much. They're very, very hard. Uh, We actually played Taurus Demon last time from Dark Souls. So, yeah, kind of a similar vein here, the big epic coral feel. Yep. Um, Any info on the game? I think everybody else knows more about it than we do, because this this was a really big deal game last year, but I know next to nothing about it firsthand. It's an action-adventure video
2: game that follows a shinobi known as Wolf as he attempts to take revenge on a samurai clan who attacked him and kidnapped his lord. What's it, uh... Was it called
1: Star Fox? <laughs> not that kind of wolf, I don't think. Yeah. It's also not a shinobi game. A shinobi is just a, it's a type of ninja.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I watch Naruto.
1: Naruto! Yay! Alright, what else does Wikipedia have to say? Um, gameplay is focused
2: on stealth exploration and combat with a particular emphasis on boss battles, which okay. is where
1: this plays. Uh, developed by From Software and published by Activision. This never came to a Switch. What did this come out on? PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Microsoft Windows. And that was last year, right? 2019? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well,
2: who's next? From Utopia Nemo. Hey, guys, when you asked for sword-themed music, one thing came to mind prominently. Kinsuden. Kinsuden. Okay. Leave it to Nemo to bring the obscure. (laughs) It's a master system game I had as a kid, and it probably embodies the spirit of sword-wielding more strongly than any other video game I know. Their Hmm. character travels throughout medieval Japan, acquiring various sword techniques to defeat the evil warlock lord. Or something like that. Anyway, the music is memorable to me, if a bit short. Tracks are mostly 30 to 45 second loops, which was standard for its time. Also, I've given you the choice between the FM or PSG versions.
1: I listened to both of them, and I picked the FM version. Yeah, I listened to both of them as well. So, PSG just stands for Programmable Sound Generator. To keep it very simple, it's the chip that makes sound in a video game system or hardware thing. Uh, FM basically is what you're... The difference is like NES music is more PSG, SNES music is more FM. Genesis is FM, Master System had a little bit of capability of both, but the PSG version sounds more like traditional chiptune, which for some songs I actually prefer, but for other ones it's uh, it can get a little bit tinny on some of the high notes, and I definitely think that was the case here. But y'all can listen to both of them and decide which one you like. We are going to play the FM version.
2: Eo and Saraga from Kensiden. composed by George Bruns and Terry
1: Gilkison. Supposedly, yeah, we had the dig for that. There's not really an easy composer to find here, but we found these two on Zofar's domain. If anybody else out there, like you, Nemo, uh, knows any better, please let us know. Well, that was a cool little song, man. That that I really like that old uh, sort of style of the, the VGM that's just kind of... It reminds me of, like, Ninja Gaiden and games like that. It's got that sort of driving beat and that really jumpy, bouncy melody. Yeah, it's uh, it does have a good melody, and I think the instrumentation was pretty good, too. It was really short, just like Nemo said. All right, and what are you going to play to close out our listener lightning round? This was actually from my buddy
2: RJ, who suggested that I play You Will Know Our Names
1: uh, from back on Episode 2, the Okay. Games we haven't played yet. <laughs> Right. Okay, cool. Well, a little bit of backroom talk here. Uh, Shukapau and I had discussed not playing the same track too close together because we, you know, we want to keep a little bit of freshness in here. We're going to be somewhere in between, you know, the podcast that will play, like, their favorites over and over and over again, and podcasts like BG Mania, where one of their big things is they only play a track one time unless it's, like, a special occasion. We're going to be somewhere in between there. Um, I can't promise that we're not going to do any repeats, but I will say that for a listener lightning round, since it's just, like, a 30-second clip or something, I think we can make an exception. So you will know our names, and this is from Xenoblade Chronicles. And I hope you all like that little surprise we threw in there. We talked about this back on episode two, how jarring this must be to be like be walking through uh, an area and then hear this all of a sudden. So I played you a little bit of Warplane, which is a great track in and of itself. <laughs> and then I just smashed this in. Oh, here's an enemy. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, RJ, thank you for your submission. I'm really glad we got something from one of your buddies on this. And, uh, it's cool that our, uh, Our audience has been growing a little bit. I'll talk more about that at the end of the episode as well. But for now, let's go ahead and get into your next official pick for the episode. My next track is Road
2: Taken Roar from Fire Emblem Fates, released in 2015, composed by Ray Kondo. And it was released by Nintendo for the Nintendo 3DS. But this is the Fire Emblem Warriors Remix. And we've already discussed the Fire Emblem Warriors information. (laughs) So, on to the track.
1: Me. Roar is like one version of this track, right? Yeah, it's the version when you're actually like in the battle and not on the map moving your units around. Gotcha. That was always kind of a cool thing that that Fire Emblem well, especially Fire Emblem Fates did. The Conquest you remember what the Conquest versions were called? Like the Calm and then the battle versions? Uh in Awakening? Yes. Yeah, I think so. No, in Fates. Wait, no, uh yeah, those are the roar versions. There was just the regular ones, and then the... Oh, that, that was in Birthright, which is the one that we have. I thought it was called something different in Conquest. But yeah. we didn't play that one, so we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Awakening did the same thing too, right? They had, like, yeah. yeah, the music changed when you were actually fighting. Which is pretty cool. Uh, both Fates and Awakening have really, really, really strong soundtracks. Yeah. Um, Gameplay-wise, they're pretty different from previous entries. I think since Awakening was the first one I really got into, um, I kind of tend to prefer some of the changes that they made. I actually miss in uh, Three Houses that you can't pair units up. At least, Aww, at, least I love that. at least not yet. At least not yet. They do still like build rapport with each other if they fight kind of alongside each other. Yeah, but
2: it's harder to do that.
1: Yeah, th- there was definitely an element of strategery when you paired people up. Like, if somebody was almost dead, you could go and have them, like, piggyback on somebody else, then they yeah. wouldn't die. <laughs> so, but back to the track. This is this is really cool. Why did you pick this one out of all of the Fire Emblem Fates music? Because this is my favorite track from Fire Emblem Fates. Not uh, Lost in Thoughts all alone? Nope. It's pretty <laughs> up, uh, pretty high up there, though. Well, this was a good one. And if I'm not mistaken, this is our last dive into Fire Emblem for the episode. Is that right? Finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you have next?
2: Next up, I have the Temple Theme from Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. Woohoo! Released in 1987, composed by Akito Nakatsuka. Yep. For the Nintendo Entertainment System.
1: Alright. Can't wait. this track so much. (laughs) Track of the week. (laughs) I don't know if it's objectively the best track that we played on the playlist, but this one is so nostalgic for me. I love the original. If you had played the Melee version, that would be Track of the Week for me. (laughs) Because when I first booted up Smash Bros. Melee with my friend, who I previously mentioned, uh, we'd stayed up to beat Giga Bowser together um, Mm -hmm. that same time. This stage was the first stage that I went to, because Link is my main. I love Link so much. When this music started, it had been a few years since I played Zelda 2, and I i don't know. It just brought it all back, and it's the first time, one of the first times, that a music track from a video game really affected me, and I think it was after hearing that that I finally made a my first mix CD of video game music. This was in like 2001 and it was because of this track. What do you know about Zelda 2?
2: Um it's different from the other ones. It's like it's sort of an RPG format. You'd still like walking around the world, but then whenever you like touch something, you go into like a side scroller
1: format, kind of like Trouble Knight and all that. Yeah, Shovel Knight actually took quite a few cues from this game, along with a lot of other ones. But this is definitely the black sheep of the series, kind of like Super Mario Bros. 2. The difference is that started out as a not-Mario game, as almost everybody knows these days. (laughs) This, from what I understand from the ground up, was developed to be the second Zelda game. It just was kind of a radical departure from the first one. But I liked it a lot. It was more action-oriented. I was maybe 10 when this one came out. No, it wasn't that late. I was maybe 8 or 9. I, I was in the perfect age for something like this. I-, I didn't realize that it was cheap and incredibly hard and the side-scrolling stages, th- the enemies were just way too strong. It was just, you know, I had plenty of time, so it didn't bother me too much. Do you think of any games like that, that like now you don't think you would have the patience for them, but when you were younger, like your little brother or the twi- twin's age, that you wouldn't have minded so much? Hmm,
2: well, I would say Kirby
1: Return to Dreamland, but, I mean, I 100%ed that, so, <laughs> um, maybe... It, you think Kirby games, you don't really think super high difficulty. Eh, except for Triple Deluxe. So- somehow I never uh, completed that 100%. Hmm. Maybe it's
2: because the final fight in the arena, and Trigger Arena, has bottomless pits that I accidentally jumped into. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh uh, Chuckie Conroy, who I mentioned on like episode one mm-hmm. when we played the Chrono Trigger theme. Yeah, uh, he's actually playing through that right now.
1: Okay. And cool. he did. He made the same mistake. I never played Triple Deluxe. I have heard some music from it, I think, but uh, it just never really crossed my radar. I kind of managed 100% Planet Robobot though. Yeah, I don't think I've really played much of a Kirby game since Return to Dreamland. Um, Even though we have Star Allies now. I haven't played that one. Um, I'm guessing that we don't have a Kirby track to close out tonight. (laughs) Nope. Okay, well, we are approaching the end of our episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. We are now, as of time of recording, which is April 4th, officially on iTunes. So by the time this launches in late May... You will probably already be following us there if you are a listener to the podcast. But if this recording is the first time you're really hearing us, then please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe there, too, if you want. We do have some videos that display images from the games, and I try to keep that kind of a, kind of interesting. Uh, but I know YouTube is not the best place for an audio podcast like this. so. <laughs> But we're also on Stitcher. We're on Podbean. Uh, not on Google as of yet. Yeah, Google Podcasts. But um, we are definitely there on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out there. And if uh, you like the episode, tell other people about it. Uh, we've been growing by word of mouth. And we really appreciate and enjoy all of the feedback that we're getting. Shookapow. What do we have in store for our next couple of episodes? Do you remember what Gassars we're doing next? Nope. Uh so this is episode 7. Our guest stars are going to be on at 10 and 11. Yeah. What are we doing for 8 and 9? Come on, it's the one we've been really excited about. <laughs> My son has been uh, out of school for so long that he's forgotten how to remember stuff. <laughs> All right. Forgotten? So never knew. <laughs> I will tell you what episode 8 is, and then you can tell me what episode 9 is. Alright. Episode 8 is some of my favorite songs from some of your favorite games. Oh yeah. (laughs) And next is some of my favorite songs from your favorite games. Yep. What's really cool about this is the My Favorite Songs from Your Favorite Games episode is actually coming out, I think, a day before your birthday. So, that's going to be my birthday present for you. Yay! Yay! That means I don't have to buy you anything. Yay! Yes, you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, well, again, thanks everybody. Um, we are thinking of a way to encourage some more listener participation. Our next four episodes aren't really going to have a lot of like Lightning Round-esque uh, material available for them. They're just not really that kind of format. I have some ideas in the works that hopefully I can announce next time. Now, Shookapow... What is the final track that you have for us this evening? All
2: right, now we're jumping from one of the earliest Zelda games to the latest release. This is the Talos battle theme from The Legend <laughs> of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This is probably one of my favorite themes from this game, hands down. Right up there next to the Hyrule Castle theme and
1: stuff like Kakariko Village, Rito Village... Yeah, it's this soundtrack really sneaks up on you. This game is so big and spread out, and a lot of the music is so ambient that you don't really notice it too much, but Rito Village being based on Dragon Roos Island, and the stable theme being based on Epona's song, and the Hyrule Castle theme being based on, well, if you want to hear me talk about that at length, check out my episode with Ed from the VG Embassy, or on Ed's VG Embassy, I should say. Uh, I talk about it a lot, <laughs> but that is one of my favorite VGM tracks ever because of just how loaded with meaning it is, musically speaking. The Talus Battle is a great pick. Um, I'm interested why you picked this one over, like, the Hinox Battle and the Molduga Battle, because I think all, all three, for me, are kind of on the same level.
2: Well, for me, this, this track really stands out because of, like, the Talus is a giant monster made of rocks and you have to attack this sort of ore deposit on its head to kill it mm-hmm. and i think this track reflects that with its like hardcore sounding like melody the instruments it's
1: definitely intense the um
2: the percussive instruments in this again really... like with xenoblade you're just walking around you're like oh look it's it's a giant rock i'm gonna stand on it because i can do that Then it just starts moving,
1: you know, like, oh, (laughs) crap, what did I get into? And the fact that they put one on, like, the tutorial area, the Great Plateau, it just shows you what this game can throw at you and how you really don't know what to expect.
2: My first encounter with one of these was when I first got off the Great Plateau. I went in exactly the wrong direction, and I just, like, landed (laughs) on top of it. I'm like... Well, this is a big rock. It starts moving, the music starts playing. I'm like, <laughs> crap.
1: <laughs> I think I might have to play a little bit of Breath of the Wild give me a break from Fire Emblem. It's, uh... After playing a game like Breath of the Wild, playing a game like Fire Emblem that has this big, beautiful 3D world but just has these arbitrary places where, no, you can't go there. It's, <laughs> it's really jarring, and it's really weird. But, I mean, it's a different kind of game. It's still great. It, it offers a lot more in terms of story and character than Breath of the Wild ever did. Yep. But um, music from both is really great, and I can't wait to get into this one. All right. Until next time, everybody, I'm Bedroth. And I'm Shookapow. Play very good games, be very good people. And keep listening to Very
2: Good Music, and I still have the information for this. Uh, uh, so this game was released in 2017, composed by Hajime Wakai, and Nintendo released it for the Wii
1: U originally. And it also came out for... The Nintendo Switch as a launch title. Yep, as the launch title. And the rest is history, as is this episode. Yeah. See you next time, everybody. What do we have in store for our next couple of episodes? All
2: right. We're jumping from one of the earliest Zelda track, uh, Zelda games. Nope,
1: you didn't hear what I said. Bloop real material at least. Okay. Um... <laughs> so do you have like an intro you want to do or can I start this one?
0: Mm, you can,
1: if okay. you want. All right. Huh. I've never heard that track Dang. before. That's pretty good. You ruined my intro. Oh,
2: <laughs> I'm just going to open with the frontal floss thing. Go ahead. Um, I... I'm not sure what I said here. Um, Why did I just put an E on Pokemon?
1: Uh, an extra E. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Poke- <laughs> that looks so weird. Pokemon. One. <laughs> Pokemon. One. I don't know why that sounds weird and funny. Mm-hmm. Alright. Filler, filler, filler. I've made a terrible mistake.
2: Right. Uh, it's an action. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's an action adventure video game that I actually <laughs> I actually put that into two parts that time. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, I guess the the. Ah, la, la. Um. No. I'm not. Uh,
1: Dark Souls Two. That was weird. And composed by Nobuo... <laughs> no- not Nobuo Ematsu. <laughs> Um. I just blanked. The Dragon Quest guy. That sounds really... Okay. Um, Yeah, that was a lot higher than my normal range.
2: I'm not really the slow type. When I listen to music, I want the... What?
1: I didn't want that to be like under your words. Yes. and I couldn't take it out. Wii Sports Resort is not a game I often think of when I think of sports. What? Uh, I really liked Ike when Brawl sort of first launched. I've always kind of been partial to heavy characters, and... What? Metal Gear. Uh, Brawl? Because Snake was in Brawl, is that why? I guess. Also, just, like, the, the... Was that in something that you played? I'm trying to figure it out how in, your brain works. Which was is maybe in, a dangerous mission. It was
2: in, actually, some of our previous episodes. So
1: remember the Blood on the Cobblestones track? Oh yeah, I remember. It's an inside joke. I'm just trying to figure out what prompted it in this particular instance. <laughs> Brawl. And it, it was actually... okay. So right, I mentioned Brawl. Right. You thought Snake. That's... Okay. It was right next to this, actually. This has been like 30 seconds of me explaining the joke and, oh, okay, it also popped up on your computer. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like I said, just trying to figure out how your brain works. <laughs> uh, anyway. Kind of lost my train of thought. Well, I guess what I'm really trying to say is <laughs> no, we're not going to go there again. <laughs> oh, Albuquerque. You haunt us forever. Anyway... <clears throat>